Hey, I'm Russ. And I'm Steve. Growing up in the 80s, we were introduced to video games, movies, and technology that made a lasting impression on us and forever enriched our lives. I think I'm gonna cry! It's been a fascinating journey to be a part of, one that we constantly treasure. Fire! Booty! Our goal is simple. Share our magical moments of discovery and geek out with lovely folks. Just like you! Uh, achievement unlocked! So if you crave pixel goodness, memorable moments, and experiences that make your inner child do the happy dance, you've come to the right place. Let's do this! Welcome to Joygasm! <laughs> yeah! gentlemen and welcome back to joygasm my name is russ xbox live toaster 360 and with me as always is my sublime sibling steve aka xbox live stevevich as we execute episode 18 on this june 21st 2017 well hi How's it going there, Steve? I'm doing fantastic, Russ. You know, it's always good to look across this table and see your saucy self. Connect eyes with my brother. <laughs> it's almost like I'm staring at myself in the mirror. But better looking. Oh, <laughs> you are adorable. Man, this mirror looks good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't realize I shrunk. I didn't realize I still had some hair. (laughs) I didn't realize I grew a couple inches. It's going to be a good day. (laughs) Put a little more pep in my stamp. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I suppose I should plug us. If you have a question or comment, we would love to hear from you. You can reach us on Twitter at Joygasm. TV. You can also reach us at facebook.com slash joygasmtv. We're on soundcloud.com slash joygasmtv too. And we're also on YouTube at youtube.com slash, what is it, Steve? <laughs> my, my. Apparently the extension changed a little bit. It's easy to remember. Yeah, yeah. Especially the last part. Yeah. Uh, we... we <laughs> We're making our way up the ladder. We need to get 100 subscribers on our YouTube channel, and then at which point we will be able to actually have a customized URL, which will be youtube.com slash joygasmtv. But until we hit that 100 mark, it's just going to be precisely what Steve said. So just make sure you do a search for us through the YouTube search. You should be able to find us. And I don't know if we're still number 15 on the list or if we've been slowly but surely making our way up. I'm going to look. You're going to take a little gander? My curiosity is getting the better of me. Ah, Calling it peaked, maybe? Uh, (laughs) Oh, look at that. Joygasm's in my search field. Who would have thunk? (laughs) Uh, Actually, you know what? Let me go to the the regular uh, internet because now it just says we're number two and number 30. But that's probably because of my my search history. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. While you're searching for that... um, I have some fun news regarding yes, Joygasm. Yes. Do tell. 
I was looking at the statistics of our show, um, specifically the, whoa, all the lights in here just flickered a little bit. <laughs> Might be a ghost. He's going to say something important. <laughs> that was just my brain sucking all the energy from the room <laughs> so I could actually make this sentence. That was, that was Cerebro. I mean, that, 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 that's just how <laughs> excited I am about this announcement. But anyway... I was checking the statistics, the global statistics of the show, and I am very excited to report that we have new countries who have joined the list, the growing list of listeners to Joygasm. We're number six. We're number six. Really? Yeah. Well, cool. Well, that's encouraging. We went from 15 to number six. Okay. At least, at least our episode seven comes up as number six. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky number seven. All right. <laughs> I like it. Um, I'm actually trying to, okay. So we have now (laughs) the lights totally flickered again. I think like, like it's, it's gotta be some sort of universal (laughs) thing. It's, it's just the equinox has a line. That's why I'm about to make this big announcement. Say your words carefully, Russ. (laughs) (laughs) Hear that? Or there's like a rat somewhere on the roof who's gnawing on the cable. External forces amiss. I know. It's, it's pretty cool. Both times I started to talk about it, all the lights in the room flickered. Third, third time's a charm. Okay, here we go. Third time's a charm. It's going to be crazy if it happens again. So, looking at the statistics... Oh my gosh, it flickered again. Not that bad, but it was like, I, I know you're going to say something. I Are you going to say that, <laughs> Dude. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just go on and sign off for Patreon and give us some money, please. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So, looking at the, at the statistics of our show, we now have a listener in Spain... In France and the United Kingdom, we have one listener per country, which, uh, you know what? Hey, I'm going to take it. Welcome to the Joygasm family, you three lovely folks, because I was curious if we were going to get anybody listening from those those countries, and that is absolutely fantastic. That is absolutely smashing. It is. Gracias. Merci beaucoup. And uh, a very, like, wholehearted thank you. And you know what? Truth be told... That's the that's the coolest guy in Spain, and that's or, seriously or, or girl or and that's the coolest girl or guy in the UK. Yeah, and France. I mean, like just just the fact that that we have a person in each one of those countries that is giving us a chance. That's we totally appreciate that. Thank thank you very much. Hats off to you, fine folks. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, oh, what else do you have for us, Well, I was about to ask you. What have you been playing lately slash watch? Because last time you actually had quite a few things that you had watched, but you hadn't played anything. I, my sixth sense is telling me that perhaps it is lopsided back to the other side of you playing a whole lot, but not watching a whole lot. Well, I guess I, I, I was quite the couch potato before, but <laughs> was that a couch mashed potato or couch, couch potato. garlic mash? Yeah. Twice baked. Let's see. Twice baked and a little bit of uh, onion, sour cream on top. Bacon, uh, bitch. Have <laughs> some cheese. Uh, yeah, no, I haven't watched anything uh, very special lately. Uh, I think I watched a little bit of South Park, but that was. Uh, I remember you were you were watching yeah. some South Park. I heard you. We had the uh, the Xbox Live party chat going on, and you were watching some South Park. Yeah, no, I, I watched. I forgot what season it was. I'm getting random 
random discs off Netflix because uh, I haven't watched the entire series. And I remember some of the South Parks were funny and some of them were just kind of like, eh, mm-hmm. you know, so I didn't want to go through the hand eh, to get to the funny. So I uh, just ordered the ones that I knew were funny and then were, was going to go on from there. So how many seasons do you have? Uh, oh, dude, I, I have a ton left. I mean, but how many did you do you own? I don't own any. I'm getting it from Netflix. Oh, Netflix. Okay. Right. Good old Netflix. For some reason, I thought you said you were in the process of buying them. No. Just, I guess just, I misheard you. Yeah, no, just getting them uh, from Netflix. So I got the one where it was, uh, had the five episodes on. I forgot where they were. Walmart was on there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Meet the Jeffersons was on there. <laughs> Freaking hilarious. That was the best one out of the uh-huh. bunch. Uh, so I sent some of those to dad cause <laughs> surprised dear me. old dad, dear old dad. Cause sometimes he, uh, he finds them pretty hysterical. Uh-huh. Uh, so it was me recording them off the TV, like with my phone, trying to keep them steady in the volume up just enough. So it doesn't distort, <laughs> but it sounds okay. Coming across right, the phone. Right. So, um, but yeah, but I think I have, uh, some family guy coming next. Ooh. So we'll see about that. Otherwise I, uh, continued playing a little battlefield one. How far you you must be getting close to beating that I game. I am, and I, I'm I, I being critical here, but oh, big surprise! If I just really grinded through that game, it, it's easily beatable in like half a day. Grinding is in like playing yeah, through non-stop. mercilessly, not like you're Non-st- like yeah. gyrating up onto the uh, yeah. the game title itself. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's 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 quality, but it's not it's not long. Uh-huh. It's not. I mean, they they did good. It's like a lot of mini stories all cramped into one. Mm-hmm. But the the first and second were good. The third and fourth little mini story is really short. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's about maybe the the length of a regular big mission and like Halo. Yeah, that's yeah. the entire like act, like the third act or the fourth act. Uh, so I only have one more to go. Mm-hmm. So it got me thinking about the E3 uh, with the the SAR mm-hmm. uh, DLC. And I'm thinking, how much is that going to be? Because they gave us a really light game. A good game, but a very light game. I mean, this thing was 60 bucks, And if you beat it in the afternoon, and good good grief, that... Uh, it's not. Uh, it's not too long. Well, know? with both Call of Duty and Battlefield, there has been this trend toward having the, the the single player campaign be a little lighter, just because they're they're putting a lot more of their TLC into the multiplayer. Yeah, but even that, I mean, I I mistakenly went into multiplayer, and uh, it wasn't. <laughs> I, Did I was you have like, your ass um, handed to you? Yeah, really. <laughs> I'm like, what do I do? Where, I mean, it was kind of a new map and everything, but it it just it didn't seem like it was that interesting. Like it was kind of calling me back. Uh-huh. Um, maybe I, I need to explore it a little bit more. But uh, I've always been a fan of just doing the single player for Call of Duty and Battlefield. Yeah, mainly because I suck at the multiplayer. But the both of those games, I am just a, a absolute useless. A team player in that thing. I'm much more um, of an uh, Halo or Overwatch kind of player, but both those games I struggle through the multiplayer. So I tend to just stick to onto the uh, the single player side of things, which is cool because actually a lot of the story elements were, or you know, traditionally speaking, have been fine by by me. I mean, I yeah. get a kick out of it. So um, not only I've played a little bit of Overwatch, I've I've kind of been a little bit light with the competitive mode and. Uh, gone into quick play, which has been just, I don't know, I'm back with the rabble again. You know, it's just, 
I love it and I hate it at the same time. I love it because it affects no score whatsoever in the game. Uh-huh. And it's just experience, whatever. But I hate it because you, you just get tagged up with many, like overwhelmingly off base amount of people who are just going to rush in there and they're just going to see if they can save the world by them. They're lonesome. Mm-hmm. Right? Meanwhile, the rest that, and all five players do that. So you're going, okay, do I follow you? You're going one direction. Do I follow you? You're going one. And it never ceased to surprise me. Like, why is this the team element that this game is built upon? You're talking about battlefield. No overwatch. Oh, we, we segued into overwatch. Segue over overwatch. I'm sorry. Uh, and so I, I don't know. You have to deal with that. I just, I just started leaving matches. You know, I mean, <laughs> <she's> like, <laughs> you know, quitter. I mean, I got to stick with five minutes of just getting slaughtered. Like, and do I weigh that against just starting a whole new match with a bu- new bunch of people and going from there? Mm-hmm. You know, I, <sighs> um, well, it's crazy to think about that just because the game itself is, if you think of it just, just from a visual standpoint, it's like crack. I mean, like, like you have neon colors everywhere. It's pandemonium, the pace is really quick and it just, it, it almost spurs you on to not play as a team. You have to consciously rein yourself in and then just think to yourself, okay, we got to stick together as a team. got to stick together as a team. Cause I know I'm guilty of that too. Where like, I will have this, this good intention of wanting to stay with the team and then you know, inevitably I'll get drawn in, you know, I see someone who I think I can take out. So oh, I'll just go over here. And then before I know it, I've completely splintered off from the right. team. And or there are other times when I'm thinking that, Oh, okay, we're, we're together. We're a unit. We're going in only to all of a sudden uh, get attacked by two or three you know, team members on the, on the opposing team. And I turn around I'm like, Hey, where'd everybody go? Yeah, really? Or you, you guys go out there as a team and then diva does her ultimate right when no one has any cover. And then you all take it a, you know, slaughtered and yeah. they get, the opponent gets a team kill. You're on like, great. And I'll start over. But it's one, I mean, <laughs> I can understand it a few times in a match if people just kind of splinter off, but repeatedly after you're supposed to group up, I mean, it, why continue playing? I thought, why, why am I going to continue doing this? I'm just, we're just going to lose. Uh-huh. Uh, and I can handle losing as long as everybody's playing together. I can, I can fully handle losing, mm-hmm. you know, and I just thought how much of a rage am I going to get into <laughs> versus just quitting and starting over. You know? uh, <laughs> like, your inner I, Hulk is going to come out again. My, my time is valuable to me. You know what? I don't want to get into a rage at night and then have to like calm my mind down to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you've been staying up late lately. Like what time have you been going to bed on average? About two. Two? Oh, okay. That's actually not as bad. I thought you were staying up to like four. That was when... They were given, uh, what, twice the experience? Double experience? <laughs> oh, yeah. man, forget it, going to bed early. I'm capitalizing on that, man. Uh, I mean, it win or lose, didn't matter. 4,000, I mean, just pile it up. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I got so many loot boxes out of that, and I spent so much game credit that uh, now all the loot boxes I get, like the last at least like eight, mm-hmm. have been all... Three out of four items they give you are all duplicates. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat, dude. Totally. I'm just like, okay, I got another loot box. Let's see what we got. And then it opens up and you're like, okay. I already have that uh, spray. We have been completely spoiled by that twice experience thing, too. Yeah. I mean, just now when I'm playing it, I, I just watch as my little experience meter just limps forward. Yeah. I'm thinking, dude, that's all I get. Like, just it's so funny just, just how quickly you get accustomed to... Uh, yeah, I was. Oh, sorry to cut you off there. Pointing at me. I have something to tell you. Hmm. So I was going to hook up with. Uh, Ooh, I hope your girlfriend doesn't know about this. 
<clears throat> anyway, uh, I was I was gonna <laughs> hook up with. Uh, maybe I should just say link up. Well, okay, better connotation there. For I, I have no idea what you're about to say, but I'm I'm interested. I was gonna link up with a little Overwatch buddy I had. Oh, and so it said join game, and like I hit it, and then it put me into Horizon. Horizon, the new map. The lunar oh, yeah. I thought that wasn't going to be. Oh, wait a minute. What the heck am I thinking? It it came out like yesterday, didn't it? June 20th. Wow. So were you, that was quick play? That was, I, um, I don't know. I just said join game and I joined the game. I don't think it was quick play. I think it was competitive. Because this guy used to play a lot of competitive. Yeah. So I think it was there. Uh, I was doing a lot of quick play and I never got back there. So I think it wasn't even competitive. Uh, so... It looked interesting. It was very enclosed, mm-hmm. a little darker, you know, inside. It looked kind of spacey, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. Uh, I only saw it once because then uh, I had to take a... Uh, <laughs> I had to take a call. <laughs> um, so I had to go and I couldn't explore the rest of it, but... So you didn't even finish the round? You no, just I had to go. Oh, man. But at least you... Okay, so you got a little glimpse of, of what it was. I got a taste. And so the little bit that you did see i mean was it something that you were just like "Ooh, i like this or was it like yeah i mean it, it it was it was cool because it was a new map it didn't look like spectacularly different than every the all the other maps but to be fair you hadn't explored the whole map right like you yeah. only saw a portion of it right yeah. yeah i have been trying to to watch that hopefully or not watch but see it and, and actually experience it so hopefully it'll come through my queue and i'll be able to check it out you know one thing that's starting to irk me though about that game what grinds your gears, Steve? I'm starting not like not to not like Route 66. That runs almost a guaranteed loss for me. I used to not like Oasis. Now I'm like, cool, Oasis. Yeah, I remember you. You had a, a just a yeah. It when it came on like hostile oh, intention toward Oasis to Oasis. My like, God, oh, we're gonna lose. <laughs> you know. Now it's like, all right, Oasis or now, okay, Dorado. But now, it's a, are you an American? Or an Americant, Steve. More like an Americant when it comes to Route 66. <laughs> Does it matter if you're on attack or defense? Or? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Can't stand it. Like I come out of like walking up one of those rock paths and as soon as I like poke my head through, it's like pow! And someone's running away from me sniping me off or Reaper just, I, I happen to come out right where Reaper is teleporting to and pew, pow, pow. Mm-hmm. Done. Like you got it over. Pwned is what you're saying. Yes. Have you been playing anything else? That's it, Rush. What about you? What are you, what are you been playing? Watching? I think you're on Amazon Instant Video or something like that. Uh, yeah, night. actually, I was resuming my Vikings binge. Knew it. So I'm I'm still on season four. And did I tell you that how season four was split up? No. They made apparently they made like quite a few episodes for season four, and they ended up doing like a two part series. It was kind of weird. It's like it was, it was within, I believe. The, the same season when it when it actually was released. Kind of like The Sopranos, sounds like. They did, they, they did, they did two part. They did like a, a season six part one and a season six part two. Yeah, that that's basically what this is, except yeah. this is season four. So I'm I'm on the, the part one of season four, making oh. my way through that. A lot of good stuff. I'm not going to go into it because I don't want to spoil it. But uh, it's, Damn. you know, things are starting to heat up. It's starting to get a little real. Heat so. up as in like action or heat up as in like, oh, it's snap. Like heat up as in Ooh, that's uh, hot. got got some uh, betrayals going on, mm. got some uh, relationship mm. woes. Ooh. 
got uh, some some creepy, I don't know what the heck is going on kind of things. You know, some juicy, juicy plot goodness mm. going on. Lots of... of uh, so you're enjoying it? I am, yeah. Both my wife and I were watching it, and it's just, it's a go-to for us. And we're, we we want to get into House of Cards, like the latest season that dropped, but we don't mm. want to stop cold turkey with... Um, Vikings. Ah, well, it's always there when you're ready for it. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we're we're, we're making our way through it. Uh, but yeah, in terms of gaming, of course, it goes without saying. I've been playing Overwatch, and you're giving justice to injustice. I saw you playing out the other day. I I was yes. I'm 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 still having a blasty blast with Injustice Two, and that game will occupy my time. I think for. I don't even know how long it's going to occupy. It's going to be a long time just based off of just how many characters I need to be able to unlock the good gear for. I just, I, I know I sound like, I, I, I even sound like a broken record by saying I sound like a broken record. But <laughs> the fact is, is that multiverse is seriously one of the coolest game features that NetherRealm has put into that game because you have those planets, like I've said before many times, they just spawn new planets with new types of epic gear that you can score. And just the, the way they've set it up, it's almost like a kind of a continuation of a mini story. And it's just great. I just love going in and trying to take on and, and win uh, the various string of characters that, that they pit against you. So that's really cool. Uh, what, oh, you know what? I actually popped back in Alien Isolation. I thought I saw that on your Xbox uh, queue the other day. Yeah. Yeah. It was a game that I bought when it first came out, and I never really pursued it. Like, I started to play it, and then, I don't know, life happened, or there were other games that came out. Anyway, it was one of those games that I just unfortunately just left by the wayside in my, within my queue. And I looked at it, I was like, you know what? I need to get back into this. And I forgot how scary that game is. Like, I have not seen the alien yet. In the game, I don't know if you're aware, but there's only one alien in that entire game. And you play um, the daughter of Ripley. Uh, so Ripley's not in the game at all, but it's kind of cool that you have that blood connection in the game and you're on the space station and all this kind of stuff. The, the ambiance of the game is done so well. It's so authentic to how Ridley Scott's vision was originally for the, for the movie of, of alien. I mean, I found myself just getting really freaked out, just going from room getting to room. Tallywhacked. And I, I didn't even know like what the <laughs> heck was going like, like I didn't know where I was going or what I was doing, but like, there's just, I mean, just the, the shadow plays that they had going across the walls or like little things that be animating that sort of thing. I remember that when the game came out, people were talking about how it's it's pretty scary, but they they were very quick to talk about make sure the difficulty level is set low because the AI is just so <laughs> brutal in the game that people found that they were getting more frustrated than scared because they would just die all the time. So, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see how far I'm going to get. I'm, I'm looking to, to try and, and uh, beat that game and be able to put that to bed, so to speak. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm sure yeah. I'll, I'll be screaming quite a bit here and there. Hmm. Aside from that though, this is something that you're already aware of. And some of our loyal listeners who are checking us out on facebook.com slash joygasm TV, as well as at joygasm TV on Twitter. So something super cool happened yesterday. Super cool or just cool? Super duper cool. Oh man. Let me tell you. So we had a new hire at my day job. Mm. And he's a copywriter. 
And it's something that we were looking for um, for quite some time. We needed to have somebody who could do a lot of, of course, scripts Russ, and stuff. We all do, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know you do. Uh, uh, but what was really cool was that, um, you know, it, it's funny when, when you're the new guy at a job mm-hmm. because you want to make a good impression. You want to be able mm-hmm. to, to earn street cred as fast as you can, that sort of thing. And it happens mm-hmm. you know, in every industry. It doesn't matter where you work. Well, let me tell you, this guy... And this guy, this guy, let me tell you, uh, he really hit it out of the park because I'm, I'm sitting at my desk, just kind of getting set up for the day. And he walks up behind me and plops down on my desk, the fourth draft version of star Wars, the empire strikes back script. And at first I'm looking at this thing and I'm thinking, wait, is this legit? What is this? And you can tell that like the, the paper was aged. The uh, there's like that old seventies style. Um, I don't know what it is, but it's like that kind of like uh, metallic was well, not metallic. It's just, it is metal. It's like that metal um, binder yeah. spine clip thing that were yeah. like, you know, if you do like the old three hole punch thing that you use that thing to like, you know, make sure everything stays together. If you open up the, the first, yeah, you know, like the cover, and you look at the first page. There's a there's an actual stamp on there that says "Property of Lucasfilm." If you look at the bottom right hand corner of that same page, it says "4X77," which apparently for the fourth um, edition of the script, the fourth draft, they made 77 copies of this script, which was back in 1978. And it was so cool because this one was number four of 77. So I'm talking Jeez. to this guy and I'm thinking, I ask him, I'm like, okay, seriously, how did you get your hands on this? And he's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, am I hired? Am I not? I, <laughs> no, he was already hired. <laughs> oh, okay. but, so at this point it was just more like, like, you know, he, he, he's building bridges. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's extending the olive branch, which that was a hell of an olive branch. Let me tell you for someone like myself, I'm a huge star Wars nut. But apparently Your his Star Wars testicle. <laughs> <laughs> he, he 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 went on to tell me the story about how his dad, I believe it was dad, if I remember correctly. I'm sorry if I if, I, if it was it was a it was a family relative. I think it was either his uncle or his dad. But anyway, they were on. They somehow were able to get onto the lot of where they were filming Empire Strikes Back, and he stole it. No, he okay. didn't steal it. Yeah, I had to go he found, check this out. He found it in a waste bin. It's totally serious right now. Like wow. he found it there, which, which he guessed probably was, had to do with someone from the cast who had already read it or whatever. You know, it was, it was, you know, like, ah, pish, posh, blah, blah, blah. yeah, whatever it is, that's, that's what happened. So he, so he just happened to stumble upon it. So he pulled it out of the waste bin and then just took it with him. And everybody who was working, all the cast and crew figured he was part of the team. So no one questioned him or anything when he just took it and just walked right back off the lot. And it was just, meh, whatever. Wow. So super cool story. And, and of course, you know, and like I said, I think it was his, it was his dad. But he kind of almost, in a way, bequeathed it. You know, just just gave it to his son because his son is heavily into the writing scripts and storytelling. I mean, what a great piece of inspiration if oh, you're doing that shit. sort of thing as um, you know your your day job. Um, one of the things that is important to note, and you can see this once again if you go to Facebook.com/slash Joygasm TV, I, I put kind of a collage of uh, pictures up there. But um, he he was very quick to point to me 
um, toward the end of the script, you know, we're back when Darth Vader reveals that he's Luke's father. What was interesting was that in the fourth draft, the fourth uh, version of this, the script, George Lucas intentionally left out that part of the script. Oh, yeah, I thought I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like he, he kept that a secret from the cast and the crew until the day of shooting. And so what's cool is that you, you see the, 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 the script and, it, and it's a little off from, from what the final um, speech was during that part. But um, right where it's supposed to say, no, I am your father. It says something along the lines of like, um, like insert, B script here or something like that. It's, it's like a standard um, piece of, of textual information that people use when they're writing movie scripts and stuff. Just, Hey, there's going to be something that's a, some sort of like addendum to the script, which is, just, I don't know. I just love seeing that because that's a piece of history. That's a piece of pop culture history right there. Looking at just how closely guarded George was with that, that piece, which I mean, rightfully so Sure, that was one of the biggest moments if not the biggest moment in all of Star Wars history, when you know when it comes to the films. Um, so, needless to say, I, I it was so funny when when he um, when he let me hold it. I actually didn't hold it right away. I said, "Wait a minute, I've got to wash my hands." I like went to the bathroom, washed my hands, came back, and then I was just like, just you know, very uh, slowly, gently, meticulously delicate. delicate. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, just just slowly turn the pages. You didn't go just, like you know, lick your thumb. Okay. No. <laughs> no. In fact, I got a little uh, <laughs> little irritated at another coworker who like who was looking at after me, and, and uh, that person was being a little more violent—not violent, but just a little more rough with it. I'm like, okay, you seriously, dude, respect. Yeah. You got you got to respect the script. Yeah, okay, um, put it down. Okay, let yeah, go. Of yeah. it. Let go of it. Let go of it. <laughs> You're gonna get fired. Let go. So yeah, I mean, it, it was. Like, it's still surreal for me just just talking to you about it right now. Just looking at that and just thinking, man, like that. that it's just. What are the odds of someone like me being able to see that? I was just thinking about you look up at him, you contain all your excitement, you look up at him, you're like, okay, Ann, you got anything else? And he'd be like, are, are, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> what? I thought it was in like Flynn. Yeah. yeah. I don't get this. Yeah, like, oh, I'm just kidding. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at the pictures right now again, just to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <sighs> the date was uh, October 24th of 1978. 78 was a good year. Why was it a good year, Steve? No, I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, think, I think some really good cars came out in 78. I don't know. Yeah, here we go. Insert B, dialogue added here, is what it says in parentheses, right where it's supposed to say, I no, I am your father. Luke. And then right after that, you see the Luke's uh, response of, no! So they, they had that, but they just didn't have like that one little key piece of info. How many O's do they have in the no? Just one. Ah. Just one. Mark Hamill really uh, spiced that one up. <laughs> yeah. Like how many O's and how many question or not question marks, exclamation point. There you go. There's a picture of it close up of just where it says uh, insert yeah. B right there. It's just, it's just super cool. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, joygasm. Absolutely. There you go. It was super cool. So that's what I've been up to. Sweet, Rush. As we segue into movie news, there is actually quite a bit to talk about. Let me tell you, Steva Vich. Spider-Man, homecoming sequel to feature different supporting Marvel hero than Iron Man. So what's crazy about this is that they're already planning for the sequel of the Spider-Man film that's coming out next month. IGN reports the Spider-Man homecoming sequel reportedly feature a different supporting Marvel hero. 
Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man won't return for the next Spider-Man film, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Instead, Sony will have the Web Slinger team up with a different to be determined MCU character in the sequel. It's which gonna is be, it's going to be Ant Man. I know it. You, you never know. You <laughs> never know. <laughs> the spider and the bug, <laughs> <laughs> which is slated for release on July fifth, two thousand nineteen. The Hollywood Reporter also heard that Sony is interested in making Spider-Man movie spinoffs that focus on supervillains Craven the Hunter and Mysterio. And I. Let me pause right there for a second. So that that goes right back into Sony's interest in trying to conjure up and create their own Marvel world. And I have no idea how that's going to work with Marvel Studios in the mix as well. It's just interesting how they're constantly tinkering, strategizing, scheming. I don't, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I just want to dance. I bet, <laughs> I bet you do. Get, get your glow sticks out. <laughs> While Tom Holland, who plays Spider-Man, is said to only be contractually obligated to portray the hero in Spider-Man 2 and 3, Sony hopes to have him appear somehow in these spin-offs, as well as potentially other Marvel Studios films. Once again, it's a web of just how they're going to be able to get this done. I'm not sure how this is going to happen. And that pun was, in fact, intended, no matter how lame it was. Knew it. But the fact is, is that Tom Holland, you know, is, is in the Marvel Studios staple right now as being Peter Parker. I have no idea if they're going to be able to work out the, the contract details of that. If he hops between studios like that, I, I have no idea what they plan on doing. But it's, it's something that I wanted to just chat about briefly, because <laughs> if that if they if that actually ends up working, Who's to say that, that that other actors who portray other characters can't also show up in Sony films? I'm I'm just very, very curious about that. Mm. So I mean, if you think about it, like what what if Robert Downey Jr. all of a sudden stars in a Sony oriented Marvel movie as opposed to him constantly being exclusive in the past to Marvel Studios films? It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be like a conflict of interest? Well, I don't know. It's like uh, who cares? Well, well, that's that's what I'm saying. Is <laughs> like it. It's gonna, I'm going to be fascinated to see how this unfolds because you can tell Sony wants in on it. They they see the value of the Marvel licenses, the movies and stuff, and they how how it unfolds or how it is spun. Oh, <laughs> or web slung. Oh. <laughs> yeah. In a related headline, Venom movie, with which if you recall, we were talking about. Well, we did. That, that's one of the Sony films. That's right. Will reportedly feature Carnage as the villain. This movie keeps getting better and better. If you you recall, you know, Tom Hardy's going to play Venom. Yeah. IGN reports that according to The Hollywood Reporter, Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock will be facing off against Carnage. In the comics, Carnage is a symbiote. Symbiote? Symbiote. Symbiote. I am totally butchering that word. And, you know, it's just late. (laughs) I apologize. Symbiote. Maybe we'll just go with Symbiote. How about that? Some of it was left behind and attached to Cassidy, transforming him into Carnage. Carnage's powers include shape-shifting, physical strength that's more powerful than Venom, and Spider-Man combined, and the ability to plant, plant thoughts into people's minds. The Hollywood Reporter has also heard that even though Spider-Man star Tom Holland is only contractually obligated to Spider-Man 2 and 3, the plan is still... Once again, to bring him into the spinoff films like Venom, as well as potentially other Marvel movies. So that's job security right there. 
like I said, absolutely fascinated to see how they're going to be able to pull that off. Because I think that you have, I mean, it's, it's going to be lawyered up to the hilt on both sides to see how this thing gets hatched, you know, hashed out one way or the other. Venom will open in theaters on October 5th of 2018 with Zombieland's Ruben Fleischer set to direct. Uh, Moving right along. (laughs) Han Solo the movie. Why Lucasfilm dropped directors Lord and Miller. IGN reports that Phil Lord and Christopher Miller were dropped as directors for the new Han Solo film. The Hollywood Reporter states that sources say the pair were let go due to creative disagreements with screenwriter Lawrence Kasdan, which confirms claims of creative differences when news of their departure from the movie first broke. Kasdan, who was the co-writer of The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and The Force Awakens, you know, that dude, the guy who's like super crazy talented, reportedly prefers to remain strictly on script at all times. This is claimed to have clashed with Lord and Miller, who are said to favor a more improvisational and humorous style. The creative differences are reported to continue with contention around how to portray Han Solo in the film, with one source claiming people need to understand that Han Solo is not a comedic personality. He's sarcastic and selfish. Despite difficulties in the early stages of shooting, both directors believed these were differences they could work through. However, Lucasfilm head Kathleen Kennedy and producer Allison Schirmer, Schirmer, Schmer, Schmer. <laughs> I'm really struggling with these names tonight, I'm sorry, <laughs> appear to have sided with Kasdan's approach. Now, the biggest nugget at the end of this entire article is the fact that Ron Howard is reportedly eyed as the new director. I'm not exactly sure how I feel about that because on the one hand, Ron Howard is a very gifted director. Indeed. He's had quite a few films that I'm a big fan of. However, when it comes to Star Wars, I'm curious to see how that would play out. Anyway. Yeah. In other news, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. You remember that classic? I saw that in the theater. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's finally, officially coming to Blu-ray. IGN reports that Warner Brothers announced on Facebook that the beloved 1993... My gosh, has it been that long? 1993? My gosh, has it been that long? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, it has, Doc Brown. Oh. Anyway, the beloved 1993 animated Batman film will finally be getting a 1080p HD remaster for the first time in July. The Blu-ray release will include both the original theatrical 16 by 9 aspect ratio and the open mat 4 by 3 aspect ratio. No word yet on pricing, and the only special feature listed is the film's original theatrical trailer. So that's a little surprising to me because I would have thought they would have put up quite a bit of behind the scenes, whether it's the voice talent or, you know, nah. whatever it is. Let's I mean, make 10 bucks. Nine ninety nine. <laughs> See, I like when it, I'm I'm a sucker for the for the extra content. Like I would love I it know. if like they would have maybe some uh, some commentary from the, the mm-hmm. director, you know, go, going through and watching it because that was a good. That was actually one of the better animated features. It was. Anyway, to round things off in movie news, Godzilla two begins ah, filming. I heard this. Official synopsis reveals other monsters. The sequel to 2014's Godzilla has recently began rolling in Atlanta, Georgia, aiming for a March 22, 2019 release. According to the film's official synopsis, Godzilla will be going up against Mothra, Rodan, and 
his ultimate nemesis, the three-headed king. Oh, I'm going to get this wrong. Ghidorah. We'll just go with that. <laughs> <laughs> While these monsters face off, the crypto... Oh my goodness, the Cryptozoological Agency Monarch. How about that? Try saying that three times fast. No. Has to find a way to put an end to the anarchy. IGN continues on saying that Godzilla, King of the Monsters, will be part of the Warner Brothers' new Cinematic Monsters universe, which so far includes Godzilla and Kong Skull Island. It will set the stage for the fourth film in the franchise crossover movie, Godzilla vs. Kong, in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> So that's actually pretty cool too to think about um, with regards to the 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 absolute epic battle of of Godzilla versus Kong mm -hmm. because if you think about it back in the black and white days they actually had something similar it wasn't Godzilla but it was like King Kong versus like a T Rex and it was like all stop motion mm -hmm. I don't remember the actual I remember him breaking his jaw mm -hmm. that's kind of like like the epitome like oh you're done you're yeah. over with yeah. Yeah, out of all the bones to break, it's the jaw. Well, that was the thing that the T-Rex only has to hurt King Kong, so. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, with that all said and done, I say we go on to our topic of the day. Okay, right. Why don't you go ahead and introduce it? So the, the topic of the day, I'd like to have us chat about the golden age of arcades. Hmm. Specifically, back in the uh, the heyday of the nineties, it was a good time. It was a very good time. A lot of chore money went to those uh, those arcades. It did indeed. I do remember. I I believe when did we? I guess we started to join the arcade scene in earnest, probably around nineteen ninety two. Think so. I think I was in the fourth grade. Yeah, right around there. Yep. Yeah, That's because we moved from Petaluma. Or no, we went. We went when we were still uh, still there. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I it, we had just moved because mm -hmm. we moved closer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I remember us <laughs> slaving away for our our dear old dad because back in the day we didn't have jobs and we were slaves to his um, cheap ass. <laughs> 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 and I remember like, like we get through the week and, it, and you know, the weekend would be upon us and we were absolutely desperate to get over there. We, and of course we had to also, in addition to, you know, grind away around the, around the house, trying to earn peanuts. We also had to convince him to drive us over there. You know, it was right. like this kind of one, two punch of please yeah. go spend a couple hours at home Depot while we go. To <laughs> yeah. And what was it? It was like, he, I, uh, it was, it was $2 for the lawns to be mowed. Yeah, I think I think the highest you could get was like five bucks for something. Well, I think it was yeah, it was like I think the front yard was two dollars, the backyard was a dollar twenty five, if I'm not mistaken, and then it was four dollars to wash a car. Yeah, and then two dollars to vacuum it out. You know, you know, detail the interior. Yeah. So by the end of the day, like you and I would each have roughly around five, seven bucks, five bucks around there, five to seven dollars. Like yeah. In which case, you know, we, we would then um, just absolutely pile on the guilt until the point where he couldn't take it any longer. Yeah, come on, Dad. Yeah, please, Dad. We got to go. We got to go to the arcade. arcade please, Dad, arcade, no. Come on. Please, please, Dad, no. Yeah, please, yeah. Dad, no. Please, Dad, no. <laughs> and, uh, and, of course, I would say a healthy 85% of the time he would relent and let us 
go. He, he, he'd take us there and all grumbling and stuff. But I think deep down inside, it was like, okay, he, he could go run some errands or whatever, drop right. us off. L- thinking back to that time, it's, it, it was interesting. I'm, I'm really glad that you and I were a part of that scene because today it's just a shadow of its former glory, I feel like. Yeah, there's not a whole lot that's changed. Yeah, back in the day, back in like the early uh, 90s, arcade was king. Yeah. If you wanted to have the ultimate experience when it came to playing a video game, it was not the home console. It was actually going to some sort of public arcade scene and seeing like whatever were the the latest arcade cabinets were that had the latest hardware, you know, and was able to to push whatever kind of crazy graphics that you saw on screen. It was all sprite based with the exception of just a couple, maybe I would say a few of more of the more polygonal, Arcades, which which that that came kind of more in the later nineties, mid to late nineties, but pretty crazy to think back to to that time period of just. I I can remember the smell. Oh, I can too. I mean, it it was such a um, a just a distinctive smell to the place where it was almost like that melted buttered popcorn mixed with bo mixed with like overheated like like arcade cabinets and just. But it was it was exhilarating as a kid, like like when you're going in there and you hear all the crazy sound effects. It was like yeah. this this huge like chaos of just little bit noises from all these arcades. But it didn't matter. Like you walked in and you're like, yes, yeah. we have arrived. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. I think we. I think the the earliest game that I started dumping little. Scandia tokens into mm-hmm. was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, I love that arcade. Because before then, there was like random stuff like Contra and like some other pinball bad stuff. Bad dudes. Yeah, bad dudes. Or, uh, oh man, I can think of a- Outrun. Oh, Outrun. What was that? What was that Kung Fu game where there was the two white brothers and uh, Double Dragon. Double, oh my gosh. Double, Double Dragon. Dragon was like one of the ultimate uh, arcades. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And then like some of the cooler, really older ones was like Afterburner where you have to like sit in that thing and it's all ding, 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 like ding, blowing ding, out speakers ding, blaring in ding, your ears ding, 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 couldn't even ding. S- like put my head in there with you because I'd get deaf it's like <laughs> the volume was so loud it feels like I was at the club or something you, like my ears were ringing yeah they had like this installed boom box right yeah. behind your head yeah but uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like we dumped tokens in that thing until we finally beat it and that mm-hmm. was the coolest game and then came uh, X-Men and that was really cool because you got like four people could play at once or even like... Well, no, that was the thing was that with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that was a big deal because you had four people who could play co-op through the right. whole game. Yeah. And then um, Konami came out with X-Men, which yeah. was the first arcade cabinet um, to have six players yeah. play co-op through the and it whole was, game. And it was widescreen. And or yeah. it was like two screens together. They had but like, I mean, yeah, like, one of them yeah. mirrored. It was like reflecting right. one of the sides. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which was kind of funny because sometimes it would go out. So one half of the screen was like totally dark. <laughs> yeah. or not, not totally dark, but noticeably darker. Yeah. And the other screen, that one was cool because the graphics took a big bump and you, you know, you're playing X-Men. Oh, yeah. That was cool. And then um, the other one that we, we dumped quarters into and I just stopped because I couldn't do any better than the first level. But... Um, was Daytona. That was a game changer. Daytona! Let's go away! <laughs> Daytona! That was like two pods Wait, together. Hey, hey. 
that was like two pods together that were like all rumbling and hydraulic oh, based man. and everything. Depending on where we went, there were places where they would have eight yeah. of those arcade cabinets all linked up and that was yeah. epic. Yeah. And I think that's when dad was like, oh, these video games are onto something because he used to like watch us and, and you can get, you can change the perspective like right down to the road. Yeah. And the frame rate was really good and everything. And that's when like 32 bit, or like Saturn, I think it was, or I don't know if Saturn, Sega was, Saturn was 32 bit. Yep. And cause you could get the same thing with like virtual fighter and Daytona, but you could still tell the arcade was better. Yeah. And then the next system came out and you're like, okay, um, now, now the home stuff is far beyond what the arcades and that's where they stopped. I can remember you had a thought. Go ahead. Raj. Well, I was just going to add that it was, it was bittersweet because on the one hand, all the kids, and teenagers, you know, everyone who was into video games, especially with arcades, everybody was just totally yearning for having a home console capable of producing exactly what the arcade scene had to offer. Right. And we finally were able to have that. We achieved that. And it's been terrific because now you can, in the comfort of your own home, just be able to play these games that have um, completely eclipsed what the arcade scene was capable of doing. But it, the, the sad part about it is, is like what I mentioned earlier is the fact that when you go to a lot of these arcade scenes nowadays, I almost wish that it was still alive and booming the way it yeah. was back in the nineties because of just the, the experiences that we had back in the day. And nowadays it's kind of more just, uh, I, I would, I would dare to say a lot of the, the, the arcades that, that are quote unquote new are more, party social casual game-esque like dance dance revolution well even that one's considered old these days I mean, they, have, they have other ones too that they, they even have guitar hero mm-hmm. i went there recently before i moved here yeah because uh, i wanted to go there one more time to see if anything's changed yeah and uh so i went with, with uh, my girlfriend and uh a lot of it was well a way more expensive than it was before ten dollars <laughs> <laughs> to play one game yeah really um and and I mean, they still had games from back in the day and it's yeah. like been two decades. I'm thinking, come on. I mean, you have a full big box that you can stuff full of sure. like computer circuits and graphics cards and screens. Absolutely. I mean, do something. They can do something with a couple of textbook size, you know, home console, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And now you have this big, huge thing and you can't do much more than like, you know, rock band or something, which I mean, it's, yeah, it's still fun. But I remember back in the night, like remember time traveler. I do. How that was like all holographic and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that was by Sega. Man, I mean, that was, we were like mesmerized. Like there's a dude that's like all 3D. It's yeah. not a screen area. Yeah. I don't know how they did it, but it just got to a certain point and then it just stopped. Well, and that's the thing was that it, it up until like the, just that, that plateau that, you, that you're speaking of, that was part of the fun of going to the arcade scene back yeah. in the day was the fact that you had these developers who were just pushing the technological envelope of what arcades were capable of doing. And so it was just a treat. It was a treat for the senses to be able to see just what, what all was going on, whether it was a simulator, like after, I mean, Afterburner is such a classic game and it's, it was created by one of my absolute favorites in the, in the gaming industry. You, um, uses uh, you Suzuki, excuse me. I almost like choked on his name. <laughs> did I ever tell Yeah, I, th- I think I did. Yeah, I did. For those who are listening, I actually had the pleasure um, back in the early 2000s of actually meeting Yu Suzuki, getting his autograph for Shinmu. name drop somebody there. Oh, man. I have, yeah. 
I have no, I'm not embarrassed at all. I am totally name dropping at this point, but Yu Suzuki actually was, um, uh, the creator for quite a few of my favorite arcade games. Uh, but anyway, I digress, <laughs> but I digress. I, uh, digress. So my, uh, first arcade game that I ever played was operation wolf. Uh, and I don't know if you remember that game or not. I don't remember what it looked like, but I do remember the name for sure. Yeah, it was it was one of those gun games. You know, you yeah, had the yeah, gun yeah. that faced the monitor and you would be shooting and stuff. And it was kind of like a, a special ops style game. It's kind of like Steel Gunner, but a little bit older. Oh, yeah. Kind of like Steel Gunner, except yeah. it was much older. And, yeah. I, and I remember that was that game had force feedback, which was a very big deal back in yeah. the day. Like force feedback was not common like it is today. You know, when you're playing like a PS4 or Xbox One or whatever, and you have, oh, you got the little, you know, force feedback. So that was a big deal. And it was first person. So based on like where you pointed the gun, you could swivel the, the physical weapon and then take out the, the baddies on screen and stuff. And I mean, by once again, by today's standards, it's it's very dated. It's very old. But, but for its time, I mean, I was mesmerized. And I remember I was at the bowling alley where I played it. It was the very first arcade. I was able to like, you know, get a couple of quarters from uh, mom and uh, go over there and try it out. And please mom. No, please mom. No, yeah. please mom, no. <laughs> uh, work up some tears. Yeah. Yeah. That'll work every time. Yeah. I'm feeling queasy. I'm going to throw up. Okay. Here's the quarters. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> eat some pizza and go over there. <laughs> Do you remember what your first, your very first arcade game was that you played? No. Um, <laughs> now actually, I'm going to, I'm going to cut you off here just because technically speaking, the very first quote unquote arcade game that we played was Pac-Man, which we talked about in our very right. first Joygasm episode. Yeah, yeah. However, I'm, I'm kind of letting that one go by the wayside and, and talk about like as more of like a, a kid or teenager when you went in there and you were aware of how arcades worked and all that kind of stuff. I think it was off road. Oh, okay. Remember off-road? Like, you know, it had it, it said off-road and had showed one of those, you know, trucks with the big suspension and stuff. But when you were actually playing the game, it was like way far away, like blimp's eye view, not even yeah. bird's eye view, you know? <laughs> You'd frantically be like spinning the steering yeah, wheel, steering like, wheel. like completely yeah. unrealistic. Yeah. Like if you did that in real life, you're, you'd just be yeah. eating donuts all day long. Exactly. So that you're you're like this little rectangle, like a micro machine sort of thing. And you just had to go through those, like this figure eight. Yeah. Kind of, I think that was my first. That was your first. That that one was really fun too. I remember yeah. playing that. That got intense too because you had four players who could uh, yeah. race against each other. Yeah. There is a story that I wanted to share with all of our listeners too about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game. And this is this is actually a big um, one up to our dear old dad. So love you, dad. We love you, dad. Uh, this is kind of like a belated Father's Day story. How about that? Since uh, Father's Day was just oh, this past there you Sunday. Go, Rush. How about that? Yeah, I like I would tie that in there. So, our dear old dad has always notoriously been cheap, and getting him, especially when you combine that with the fact that he was very much an outdoorsman. He's not someone who likes games or really watching any movies or TV, whatever. Yeah. That, that's certainly a recipe for disaster when you are into video games. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, when he would, you know, drop us off at the arcade, especially during the Ninja Turtles craze, we would go and we just dump, like Steve was saying, you know, are the five or six bucks that we made, you know, just 
which, through our blood, sweat, and tears of, of doing chores for the day. was a ton of tokens. I mean, it was like a freaking handful. Oh, like especially, your pocket. yeah, especially when being younger like that, yeah. have smaller pockets. I mean, you felt, you felt like, yes, I'm going to beat this yeah, game. Exactly. And the thing about it was we would always get pretty far into the game, but we can never beat Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And it just would infuriate both you and I because we're thinking, how on earth are we going to be able to beat this? And we we found that, like, of course, like if we would play with a couple of other strangers, and that was the coolest thing too. Like in the arcade scene, it was like the first beta test of like how the gaming community could thrive. You know, before the um, Xbox Live and and PS, you know, PlayStation Network and all that uh, online play um, goodness. You all you had was just walking in and physically interacting with these people, and it was and it was just super cool because there were a lot, a lot of unspoken rules and that sort of thing how you conduct yourself. So there were times when we would be able to have four of us playing, and that would get us farther. And so one day we were playing the game, and Dan of course has left. He he's gone to Home Depot or whatever. And we should, we should try and get a sponsorship for Home Depot. Yeah, we keep really. name dropping that yeah. so many times. Um, anyway, we get with these two other kids and we're playing this game and we're getting farther. And, and all of a sudden, dad shows up about like an hour later or something. All right, boys. You, um, <laughs> you <laughs> heavy breathing. Yeah. Yeah. He's, you know, and, um, <laughs> I remember. Not yet, Dad. One second. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hold on, Dad. Uh, I remember we had gotten to the shredder. Yeah. Or no, no. I'm sorry. It wasn't the shredder. It was. It was Krang. We had gotten to Krang. Oh yeah. And you and I were getting very nervous because the bulge in our pockets that once was the the, the huge uh, you know avalanche of tokens had dwindled down to only just maybe three or four three, tokens yeah. left. And dad had seen us time and time again play this game when he'd come to pick us up and we were never able to beat it. And let me tell you, we were totally into playing this game. I, I specifically remember <laughs> every time we played it, by the time we were done, you and I were like sweating. Like yeah. we, we had broken out into this adrenaline junkie sweat. Well, mixed with like all the other like, you know, condensation from everybody breathing. <laughs> well, that too. Sweat. But, oh, but I, I remember like being so Nasty. pumped with adrenaline. Like, like just the fact that like we were just of course. You know, saving the world and all that geeky stuff. But by the way, <clears throat> I was Donatello. Yes, you were. I, I actually was Michelangelo. Yes, you were. Which is funny because Raphael is my favorite turtle, but I always went for Michelangelo in the arcade. That's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. You you sometimes would play Leonardo, but Donatello was like your go-to guy. Yeah. So anyway, back to the story. We are at the point of fighting Krang, and there comes a point where I put my last token in, and Dad sees this. And I'm thinking, this is it. We're just not going to beat it. I'm just going to give my last hurrah or whatever. Well, while we're, we're on our last, you know, one or two tokens, dad actually goes back over to the machine and, you know, proceeds to put in, I think he put in like $10 worth of tokens, $5 for each of us comes back. And as we're playing, I remember he like his huge hand, like, pouring these tokens into each of our pockets. Right. Like not, not even saying a word. Yeah. 
And that right there was such a life altering moment in terms of bonding with dear old dad, because even though he was not he got it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was the thing was like, you know, he could have very easily said, Oh, well, that's all you, I mean, yeah, he could have been the, the, yeah, the typical kind of response. Well, better luck next time, whatever, you know? And the fact is, is that he did it in such a, a subtle, quiet way. Um, but it was just the fact that he could recognize that just, you know, we were, we really wanted to be able to beat this game. And it's just, it's a memory that I don't think either one of us will ever forget. I think that that was one of the pinnacle moments of our gaming lives was that moment because then you and I were supercharged. We, we absolutely, I mean, we continued on. We, we made it to the shredder, which was a huge, I mean, we saw him on screen. We're like, Oh wow. (laughs) There he is. There is that little bastard. Yeah. (laughs) He has the guys been eating all our quarters. Yeah. There you are. Dirty SOB. And, um, there's a shredder. (laughs) (laughs) And remember how cheap he was? Like he would divide into like five or six shredders. And so you weren't sure which one was the actual shredder. Like the ones that, that, that you'd have to fight would like kind of disappear and yeah. like would be the wrong one. And, but you knew, I remember if you, if you recall all the different boss battles in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game, you could tell when they were starting to get t- toward the end of their lifespan because they started to flash. Yeah. Well, and I think they changed color a little bit too. Well, they, they were, they had that weird like red, yellow yeah. flash yeah. kind of thing yeah. in addition to their, their um, skin color. But the interesting thing, the, I will never forget this, is that with Shredder, Shredder didn't flash necessarily. His helmet came off. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. That was a pivotal moment when we were battling that. He's almost that dead. character. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> like it was a huge deal because, like, you know, the character Shredder never takes his helmet off. He's very shrouded in that mystique as a result, that sort of thing. And I remember us busting off that helmet, and I thought, oh, he's ours. Yeah. Oh, we're taking him now. Yeah. We're taking him to the cleaners. Yeah. And we actually did beat him. And I remember all four of us, both you and I and the two other kids, I mean, we roared when we finally beat that game. And we, we It was like fist pumping in the air, you know, battle cry, Braveheart we, style. I think we actually had a, a few kids behind us like, oh my gosh, they're going to beat it. I was just yeah, about to say, yeah. we did. There was, a, And that was one of the fun things too about the arcade scene is that, it, you know, you could tell when someone was actually really kicking a lot of ass at an arcade and as a result, a crowd would form. We had a... a you know, noteworthy amount of people yeah, behind eight us kids or something. Yeah. yeah. Who were all watching. They wanted to see that ending. And that was, I mean, I, <laughs> I remember just, I had steam in my stride walking out of the arcade scene that day, knowing that we were able to beat that game with the help of our dad. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was just, I hope that <clears throat> if my kid or kids, I don't know how many kids I'm going to have, but, um, if there's ever an opportunity and see that that's the problem though, you know, I just, I had to cut myself off because the arcades see that that was exclusively something for the arcade scene that you cannot replicate in the home. Right. That's true. You know, you can buy your child a game for, for your home console, but that was the biggest thing back in the day was like, that was all about those tokens or quarters, you know, it was all about being able to play that. So yeah, it, I'm totally like grinning right now as I'm telling the story because it's been a while since I've thought about but how cool was that day? Yeah, I remember going back in later on because we you know went back to safety out. We, we're always looking for new games to yeah. play. 
And then we saw it and we thought, eh, we beat that one. You know, that thing's uh-huh. eaten like $100 from each of us. Oh, easily. You know? I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to put any more tokens in that one. But sometime later, when I had aged a bit, Ross, <laughs> I had gone back into Scandia for some odd reason. I forgot what age I was, but there lied Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. And I was watching a kid play it. And the opposite happened of the story. What do you mean? Glad you asked, Russ, because I'm about to tell you. Where his mom came in and the kid was wanting to beat the game and he had just, he you could load quarters in the game and so right. you didn't have to like wait till you were supposed to. I remember to, that, yeah. To continue, you just load quarters in there and yeah. then, okay, hit continue again then you're yeah. good to go. So you didn't have to wait. So he went ahead and, and and what you and I would do, sorry, I cut, cut myself short, is wait till we did have to continue before putting in a new token. Right. He just loaded the thing up with like three or four sure. dollars worth. I'm like, and I, I didn't know you could do that. And I thought, wow, okay, well, cool. That saves you a little bit of time, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, he plays it for a few minutes and I'm watching it. I'm like, ah, oh, man, let's bring back some memories. Da, 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 da. His mom comes in just pissed off to high heaven. Uh-oh. He's like, it's time to go. I said no more corners. <laughs> Next time. Da, da. He's like, but mom, but mom. And I'm like, I'm just going to stand here and look at them. Look at them you know? <laughs> and then she like drags them out by the ear and they leave. Oh no. And, like, and I could see like, I think it was still, I think it was Michelangelo Raphael just yeah. coming out there. And I kind of wanted to watch to see if, if he was going to come back. Cause I don't want to use his credit. You know, I mean, I, now that's going to be kind of a jerk. Sure. Move. And sure. so sure enough, I watched him leave and they got in the car and they left. And I thought, and I looked back towards <laughs> Ninja Turtles and Michelangelo's still standing there. I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to play. Oh, nice. And so, when was it? What year was this? Oh, I don't even know. This was a while. I mean, I think I was like probably a senior in high school or something like that. I mean, it, a lot of time had gone by. And so I went back and I kept on playing the game and I think I beat the game all over again. But uh-huh. as I beat it, I was like, okay, that was cool. You know, and, and, and I beat it and he still had credits left over. Oh, wow. And by that time I, I looked behind me and there's someone else, the little kid was looking at me like, whoa. And I thought, hey, I still got some credit left over. You want to play? And the kid's like, like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, man, go ahead and play. I got some credit. I beat it. You know, that's it's all good. awesome. So I kind of paid it forward. And I yeah. Thought, yeah, 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 cool. But man, sorry for that kid. I don't know how much money he dumped in there. Yeah. But his mom drug him out. His mom was pissed. Oh, man. I got to thinking, though, because at Pier 39, and I think at Disneyland, mm-hmm. they have arcades. And I remember going there for something with oh, you. Disneyland has like, they're like real sweet arcades. Yeah. Scene. I yeah. mean, so it's like the, it's like they, they continued to make them, but maybe they were just more expensive for the, the yeah. outfit to rent or something like that. I don't, I don't know how know. it works, but... Um, they did get better. Yeah. It's just that not a lot of places got them. You know, all the little pizza huts and the yeah. you know, bowling alleys and the Scandias and stuff, they just never really got them. Which makes me think, and Back to the Future Part 2, when Marty McFly is like in the future. Uh-huh. And, you know, cafe 80s. Cafe 80s. And he goes to that arcade <laughs> and the little kid's like, yeah, what's this? But they yeah. have no like modern arcades. <laughs> yeah. Like the 80s, yeah, you know? It like, works. Hey, Cafe 80s. I know. Decorated I know. like the 80s. I know, but still, it kind of makes me think that <sighs> that's the way You to have go. to use your hands? Yeah, That's really. like a baby's toy. It makes me think that's the way the rest of these arcade joints are going to go. Oh, um, do you remember that one spot? What was that place called? Like a barn. 
You told me about that. I was near the library. <laughs> all places you can go study or you can go play video games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Would you want to fill your head with wisdom or <laughs> melt it down with mindless arcade gaming? But they did it differently. You got like a stamp or something like that. And then like you could just shine it on the thing and then it would give yes. you credit. How did they do it? So their their whole model was you could play endlessly for up to like an hour or two. Yeah, that's right. And so it didn't, you know, it wasn't based on, oh, you can only, you know, use tokens or right. use quarters. So actually that really helped a lot of the folks to be able to beat games that they were not able to beat otherwise. But yeah. do you remember in the Ninja Turtle arcade, uh, like when you, when you would die and it would have that very, uh, distinct. <laughs> yeah. That sounded yeah. Ah, shell shocked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, shell shocked. I hated that. I oh man. Dead. But like, I remember like the whole game was like, just like, it was like this like turbo nitrous experience where like even the music was like, you know, like boom, 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 you know, and you're, you're just moving from, from scene to scene. And even that like arrow hand point, like go, go, go. Like, yeah, like I, when you'd finish each section, like, like about building up my anxiety for later on in my <laughs> life. Why they time it? I don't know. I still don't understand to this day why they had to time you. And like, even Mario did that back in the day. It, I think they were all just these, Gosh. these instruments to like get you as excited as possible. I mean, it was just, <laughs> I hated being timed. I hated when they did it. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. I also love too the um, the artwork on the arcade cabinet as well. Right? If you remember, recall there was that they had like that model who looked like April O'Neil on the side. Yeah. Oh man, that was like back in the and day. And that was when the when the first movie came out too. Yeah. It was. I think the arcade came out first because what happened was that the, the cartoon came out. Then right. the arcade came right. out, which the intro of the arcade um, had a lot of the same type of scenes from the, the intro to the cartoon. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and then the film, I mean, like they rolled that stuff out lickety split. I mean, but was, I think the film came out before we beat it. Oh, I don't know. I can't because remember. Because I remember like we would pass it, we, we'd conquer a boss and we'd go to the next level. And then I was like, what? Like acting like, you know, a scene out of the movie. Sure. Like, Shut up, Steve, play the game. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Um, how many times did we see that movie in the theater? I believe, I know we saw it at least 10 times, but I want to say mm -hmm. we may have seen it 13. I, actually, yeah, I think we saw it 13 you times in the theater. got it. Yeah. You got it. 13 times. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. We were slight Ninja Turtle fans. I love the Ninja Turtles. Other arcades that I think about too, like you said, Daytona was another huge one. That one was probably our absolute favorite racing title. It was so fun to be able to get in that car and be able to blast around the different tracks. You remember the Neo Geo games? Uh, yeah, Metal Slug was one of my favorites. There was like, then you would be able to play like four in a row, or, mm -hmm. or you, you would select which game you wanted to play. Like like Samurai Showdown. Samurai Showdown. Yeah, mm -hmm. they had some pretty cool games, and I thought, why don't why don't these ever get big on the console? And they never really did. Well, if you recall, Neo Geo came out with the, with their own console well, yeah, system. It was like a twenty four bit system or something. Yeah. And the problem was was that the system was like seven hundred dollars or something. It was like oh seven goodness. or eight hundred dollars, and then the games were like, I think like. A hundred to two hundred dollars a yeah, piece. I think that was like yeah, one hundred and eighty or something. Like if you could, like if you own one of those, I mean, people were like, "Oh, you're like, dude, you have a Neo Geo." But I think that was the problem was that they priced themselves too much out of the market because you had all the other systems that were, you know, right around two hundred bucks. Yeah, I remember you were a big Samurai Showdown guy. I hated fighting. Well, my, you know, <laughs> yeah, I've always been more of the fighting yeah. game guy. Like, than I'll, I'll watch you play it, but I don't, you know. 
And of course, you know, speaking of fighting games, that was back in the day when Street Fighter 2. I was just thinking that. Yeah, made its huge Man. debut. And that, that, I think that game, bar none, was the most popular game to play at, in the arcade scene back in the 90s. You know, there's people who still compete. Oh, I believe it. Street Fighter 2. Absolutely. I used to work with a guy and he's still like, oh yeah, I got to brush up my Street Fighter skills. I got to go into a competition. Yeah. I'm thinking, wow. Well, do you remember when we walked in one day to the arcades in, in Scandia and they had just received Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition and it came with that huge cabinet where like, I mean, the, it was the first time we saw that big screen TV and back in the day, yeah. you know, all you millennials out there, you have to understand that big screen TVs were not commonplace like they are today. Yeah. And, and you really can only find them in commercial buildings and that sort of thing. Or if, you know, if you were like filthy rich, then you could have, right. you know, some sort of projector size uh, screen. And it was just, it, it made the game even that much more epic because you saw these larger than life street fighter characters on this huge screen. And, and that, if you recall that cabinet constantly had mm -hmm. a crowd of people all watching. I mean, it, it, was, it was the best way I can, I could relate it to would be like, if you walk into a sports bar, and you see like a some sort of football game or, or other sport that's real popular going on on the TV, and you have a bunch of the fans of that team just roaring and stuff anytime they score, that sort of thing. It was just super cool to see that. And the people who were playing, it was just amazing because you'd always have like one or two people who were just exceptionally talented oh. or gifted at playing the game. Yeah. They had all the moves Guile memorized. and stuff. Oh, gosh. In Bison. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was another huge one. Of course, Mortal Kombat was a big one, too. I was about to say that. You're taking thoughts out of my head. You know, I happen to read your thoughts quite often, Steve. Remember that? Yeah. My mom was uh, adamant and I was not playing that game. <laughs> you not look at, playing that game. If you look at it today, it's like so not yeah. anything at all. It's like, wow, right. animated GIFs with like these weird like blobs of red going yeah. everywhere like yeah but they but you could tell the developers were trying they were trying to make it as real as possible with the technology they had well and i i remember i mean it was, it, you could tell just how <laughs> i guess for lack of a better way of describing how innocent a lot of society was by being that horrified by gore, that type of, of, of quote-unquote gore comparatively speaking to today where like <laughs> Just look at stuff and you're like, whoa. I mean, that game was, I mean, that's still pretty violent. I mean, like you're tearing people's heads off and you're burning them to all their skeletons and stuff. But, but it's I mean, funny it's, when you look at it now because it's like, it, they're all animated, like rough gifts. They're yeah. all choppy frame rates. I mean, it's, right. if you were to play Mortal Kombat X today and you compare that to the original Mortal Kombat, I mean, there's just no comparison, but yeah, I mean, all of that. Ah, oh, what a trip down memory lane. <sighs> We'll have to revisit this again in the future because I'm sure there are other stories that will pop up. But I'm glad we talked about this because it was just one of those things that I, I've been wanting to kind of cover for for a little while now. I'm glad I'm glad that we were able to, to tell some of the ah. the stories of nostalgia. Mm. So I believe that wraps up this particular episode. We definitely appreciate you guys joining us, you guys and gals. We definitely appreciate everybody uh, joining in and listening to us. As always, you can find us on Twitter at TV. We certainly look forward to any kind of questions, comments, or love leaving uh, from you. We definitely would love to hear some feedback as well because we're always on the lookout to try and improve our show and our programming. 
We are also on facebook.com slash TV. I encourage you to check that out just because we do a lot of dropping of various articles, headlines, things that we will cover on the show. Some things we don't, but overall, it's just kind of a nice one-stop shop for you to be able to get kind of your geek fix. We're also on soundcloud.com slash TV, And once again, we're also on YouTube. With uh, apparently we're now number six. If you uh, do a search for us, which hey, we're climbing the ranks. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I know you want to say, just go ahead, just say the extension, Steve. YouTube.com/slash. Upside down question mark. Absolutely. So until next time, guys. Happy gaming. Arrivederci.